Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week we're going to be talking about Golem Heart, a manga that interestingly is based on Jewish mythology. It's very interesting because, you know, golems are a staple for, of a lot of anime and manga, but usually when there's a golem, it's like just a general generic construct of different items or whatever. So I picked this up thinking like, oh, they're not going to do like um, the old traditional golem, but it was like, no, no, these are Jewish golems. Yeah, they're like, they've got the clay, they've got the writing, and they're just like, maybe this guy legitimately read the Torah. Yeah, like, like this takes place in a Russian shtetl. Yeah, pretty much. Like, for instance, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the series is everyone has Western names. Like, the main character's name is literally Noah. Oh my god, one of the girls is named Lily Bell. Yeah. I think it's really cool that there's just a Jewish name. Like, I think, to be honest, the only, like, anime character I can think of that was arbitrarily Jewish was Benny from Black Lagoon. We haven't stated that we're both Jewish. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yes, we're we're both Jewish, so this is extra special for us. Black Lagoon is an anime about kind of modern day pirates, and there's just an episode where they have to deal with neo-Nazis. And Benny just, he just arbitrarily goes, he's like, you know, I really am not a big fan of the neo-Nazis as a Jewish person. It's so great. So for a little more context, one of the main characters of Black Lagoon is a black man, and the Nazis are all just very racist to him, understandably. And he brings this up, and uh, Benny's just like, yeah, man, I mean, I feel you, you know, the Nazis don't like me either, I'm Jewish. Yeah, and meanwhile, though, he's, like, this, like, average-looking, like, blonde-haired guy, like... <laughs> it's great. No, not, like, the one of the main characters of this comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, getting into the comic, though, that's a good segue. Golem Hearts is set in a world in which people utilize magical golems to help automate tasks, such as cooking, construction, and even haircuts. It is a tale about Noah, a unique golem that looks and acts like a human, going so far as to need to eat and sleep. After an attack on his home village, which almost kills his creator, which he refers to as his father, Noah sets out into the world. He's determined to become the second greatest golem-creating magician, uh, called an arcanist, that's ever lived, second only to his father. Is there anything you want to add to that, Jordan? I think that's a good enough intro to the series. Uh, I will say that when you said golems do uh, random tasks around the house, I would like the listener to remember the Flintstones, <laughs> where the Flintstones just have all these dinosaurs around the house acting as appliances and doing their chores. That's what the golems are doing. They're taking up those roles. The only difference is they don't have one-liners. Yeah, uh, for reference, Noah is considered really unique, our main character. So the golems in this series have sentience, but it's extremely rare to have sapience. Yeah. And so Noah, though, is just really this by-the-book dumb shonen protagonist. If you're familiar with Dragon Ball Z, he's like Goku. He's like Naruto from Naruto or Luffy from One Piece, where not very smart, very determined to do the right thing, even to a fault. And you know he's going to work his ass off to try and meet his dreams. So I will push back on the idea that Noah is a completely generic anime protagonist. Because the thing, the thing is, what you mentioned earlier is that Noah has free will. And I'm not sure he does. I actually think it's kind of a, an interesting thing they do here. Because when he starts off, everything he does at the end of the day is for his master, his father, Lamech. Uh, mm -hmm. kind of a shitty arcanist. And by the way, whenever I hear the word arcanist, uh, in this manga, arcanist more or less means rabbi, at least to me. I just mentally swapped out that word. Uh, they also call them <laughs> scholars. A rabbi's just a Jewish scholar. That's all that means. So that's why <laughs> I went there. But the reason why Noah doesn't want to become 
the greatest arcanist in the world is because he wants his father to, because his father wanted to be, become the greatest arcanist in the world. And this motivation doesn't change the whole time. Everything he does is to support his master or creator. So it's kind of an interesting little thing. Like he, he definitely thinks for himself, but there is a level where you're, you really question how much free will Noah actually has. You know, to be honest, that is a really interesting perspective and not something I had really thought about before. And then I really want to say Lemmick is like a extremely quality manga dad where he's just like this really positive guy. And it's just nice to see like a very wholesome father figure in these kind of series. He just really loves his son. I agree. It's like, it's very heartwarming mm-hmm. the way that he interacts with Noah. It's just... It's very sweet. There's not, there isn't a single moment where he's like, where no, where he like comes down on Noah. He's always just like, oh, you're such a good boy and you just want to help people so much and I love you. It's really sweet. Yeah, like Noah screws up a lot. Like he can't cook. He accidentally gets like a bunch of merchandise stolen by like bandits because he left them out because he was trying to help like move them for people overnight. Well, David. It's actually more interesting than Noah not being able to cook. Because Noah Noah makes shitty food because Lamech's golem, who he uses to cook, is a really shitty cook. <laughs> that's true. And that's and that's all Noah eats. So when Noah makes food, he makes really shitty food because he thinks that's what good food is. It's true. That's fair. Also an interesting thing about Lamech is he's like the only character that has any sort of backstory. Like, there's, like, I think one flashback in the entire series, and it's about Lemmick. That's true. I mean, it's sort of a flashback that... It, there are a couple of flashbacks, but you're right. They all include Lamek, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're all sort of his relationship with other characters. Yeah. I also do want to mention that Lamek looks like if you gave uh, if you gave Groucho Marx a Waluigi mustache, you would have Lamek. So pretty much the perfect looking man. Oh yeah, no, he is, he's a beautiful, handsome boy. I want to say Waluigi for Smash 2020. Waluigi for Smash 2020. I stand by that. It is insane that he's not already in Smash. It's okay, you'll have your day one day, my guy. One day. But moving forward, the next major character is, uh, Ear? E-I-R? I I was thinking of her name as Ire. Ire? I mean, it's kind of, yeah. I'll go with Ire. So the next main character is Ire, who is Noah's master. And she actually is a friend of Lemix, and she is the... I love Ire, but go on. Yeah, so she is one of the top arcanists in the world, and so she agrees to train Noah after some prodding from Lemix, because they, they go back. Yeah, there's actually a little bit of a total just ass-pull as to why she's even there in the first place. Like, so Lamek almost gets killed by an evil enemy golem who's a member of the Russian army, just like the <laughs> pogroms that Jews had to deal with in Russian shtetls, I would like to point out. So, and she, she literally shows up and just creates a super surgeon golem. And even her explanation for being there is just, yeah, I just happened to be walking by. <laughs> it's like insane. I like how she's introduced because she, I would say her main character traits is that she eats a lot and she's really like tempered. She has depression. I love it. She's yeah. just such a mess. I hardcore relate to her. Okay, so she is Jordan's waifu. That's good to know. Sure. <laughs> I just, I love how she's introduced is that they're at a restaurant and like the main bad guy comes in. He orders 10 of these skunk mushrooms, which is like a delicacy in the area. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, wow, that's a shitload of food. And then she 
orders 50 of them. <laughs> she just I think she's seen eating in every single appearance she has. She is. It's great. Like um she there was one thing where I was just kind of reading through it fast and I was like, "Wait a minute. She's chewing on a baguette." <laughs> you know, actually I feel it's a missed opportunity. She eats a lot of bread, but I don't think she ever eats hala. <laughs> yeah, she eats a baguette and stuff, but that would have been great. I don't know if the writer even knows what hala is. Yeah. No, I I don't think this uh I think this writer knows a little bit about Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, you just wish she was real so you can marry her. Nah, man, she just reminds me of a lot of people I know. She's like this extremely talented, but just a depressed lady rabbi who's just a total mess. <laughs> I, I'm here for her. She's valid. And then uh, the next character I'd like to talk about is Erebus. Which one thing that kind of weirded me out is that like Erebus just has this Greek theming to him. For I'm not quite sure why. I noticed that too. Well, because Erebus is um, the Greek prim- primordial god of darkness. Yeah, and then his golem, his like main golem that he has is called Nyx, which is um, another Greek term. Nyx is the Greek prim- primordial god of the night. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that kind of theming there, but you're right. It is kind of weird. And then Ire, Ire actually, when she creates golems, they have Irish names hmm. in Irish mythology. So you're saying Irish? Ah, Bazinga. It's terrible. Um, it's perfect. The author does a lot of interesting things with names. Like, for instance, Erebus is the grandson of Methuselah, mm-hmm. who is seen as the number one arcanist in the entire world. Now, in the Bible, do you know who the son of Methuselah is? I do not. It's Lamech. Ooh. So that kind of was like... Is the author going somewhere with this? And if the author was, they never got there. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like it was 15 chapters. Yeah. And man, it it really feels like the author did not know it was 15 chapters until, like, right at the end. <laughs> Erebus. So he's, like, the main the main character rival, jerk with a heart of gold, you know. He's an asshole, but his, he means well. And yeah, he's the grandson of the strongest arcanist. And he his golems. I'm gonna say his golem is really powerful, but it has this weird like BDSM thing where it's like got lots of spikes and it's like made out of mud that looks like leather. See, that's interesting because I wasn't reading that as BDSM or leather or spikes. I, w- I mean, they're, they are. I was I was thinking of it more as like medieval armor. Mm, or, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, like a medieval kind of soldier look. Uh, so the last character is Carl's, aka Charles. Yeah, what the what was that? Char- First of all, Charles Lieber is his name. Yeah. So we, I, I just want to point that out. That That's probably the most Jewish name in, like, the whole manga. It's like, that's just a guy that I know. Yeah. Charles Lieber. I met, I went to the same Hebrew school as him, you know? It's like... <laughs> yeah. I'm really surprised no one wore, like, a keep on this entire series. No. That was coming. <laughs> oh, it's probably true, actually. Yeah. Uh, they actually don't talk about religion whatsoever in this series. There is exactly one moment where... Uh, they threaten to cut Lamech's hair with one of their with one of their uh, hair cutting golems that is really bad. Yeah, and Lamech is just like, oh, I can't cut my hair because of religious reasons. Sorry. Oh yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> but um, anyway, so Charles, he is Noah's best friend because Noah says they're friends. Yeah. Which we'll we'll go into more detail. These characters are not very well written. And uh, they met at the Arcanist exam, where Noah saves his life after a trap goes off that, like, 
hits him with a bunch of spikes. And he has a golem that's like Mr. Fantastic where he can just like stretch his body a lot. Yeah. Charles is kind of interesting because Charles is like, he's a good guy, but he's also kind of like, for lack of a better term, kind of the Joker. Like, he has a sadistic side, a sadistic side to him mm-hmm. that you don't immediately notice when he first shows You aren't expecting, at least, when he first shows up. Mm-hmm. But it's like, he kind of has this, like, threatening aura around around him when he, like, definitely has the upper hand against the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Is there any, like, particular examples of that that you want to go into detail? Yeah, so there's this moment where, uh, so Noah, Charles, Erebus, and, like, some other characters are about to tr- take this exam. They're trying to take their tuning exam, basically. Yeah. One of the guys trying to take the exam just decides, you know what, I'm just gonna attack all the other people here. Mm-hmm. And he successfully takes out a bunch of uh, a bunch of novice arcanists, and then Charles just like, like he tries to take out Charles, and then Charles just owns the shit out of them. And mm-hmm. then the camera kind of zooms in, and they put his face in shadow, and Charles is just like, "What are you feeling now? I wonder." Hey, come on, tell me. <laughs> it's kind of great. Oh yeah, that is kind of crazy. Yeah. Now it's definitely meant for you to think that. He's being kind of, like, sadistic. But there is one more character that I actually really love that I would like to point out. Yeah. And that is Lily Bell, who is Charles's friend, who is also there and also trying to become an arcanist and just gets dragged along. And she has, like, an extremely acute case of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, she comes up to this guy who just got attacked by this guy, and he's, like, totally out. Like, he's unconscious. And Lily heals him, and then he's just like, oh, you're, oh, thank you for doing this. And she, and she immediately starts having this weird panic attack where it's like, oh my god, could it be that he wasn't unconscious and he was just sleeping? And I just woke him up, and I'm just like, and he was just really sleep deprived. <laughs> it's just this comical amount of anxiety that, again, I relate to. Yeah, we, we, we all feel that. Okay, and then... So, moving on to actual details about the actual creation of the manga, it was written by and drawn by Gen Osuga, who interestingly created a kind of a pilot for this series called Ghost Strong in 2011 in Shonen Jump Next. And the only really interesting thing about his career outside of that is he was an assistant on One Piece, which it seems like maybe everyone was at one point or another. I'm so not shocked to hear that. My God. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And the series ran from... October 30th to February, sorry, October, it ran from October 30th, 2017 to February 19th, 2018, running for 15 chapters, which consisted of two volumes. So probably one of the shortest series that we will ever possibly talk about. Yeah, this does not go on for very long. No. So for context, just as a reminder, mangas get to know how they're doing in chapter eight. And so to be canceled by chapter 15, essentially the second they got polling, he was told, you're getting cut. Yeah. And based on some of the statistics you showed me, mm-hmm. it's not surprising that it got cut. So for reference, though, Golem Hearts premiered at rank 15, the last place, and then never actually did better. It 
actually hit 16th place the week after because I guess some other series had started getting pulled. And then its final two issues hit 14. So I guess it really peaked before it got canceled in terms of it went from last place to second to last place at the very end. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this it started to get better mm-hmm. as it got canceled, which is it's very sad. Yeah, which is really a shame. Um, so why don't we go on that note? Why don't we actually kind of go into where we think it didn't do so well and probably yeah. what could have caused it to have been failed? So the first big thing that you'll notice that is kind of a problem is the art. It's not that it's bad, it's just very childish. Like, extremely... Like, this looks like a manga for little babies, basically. Yeah, I was gonna say, this manga, to be honest, in terms of its tone, it really seems like it was more for, like, an 8 to 12 age range than kind of the teenage, like, 13 to 16, that's normal for Shonen Jump. Well, here's the problem, because you're right in terms of the art, but then there's just this blood. There's, like, gore and blood that happens in the manga, and it comes out of absolutely nowhere, and it looks weird as shit. Like, it doesn't, I think, look that cool. Like, as I was reading this, I was thinking, how would this look in Naruto? Mm -hmm. And in Naruto, when someone gets brutally stabbed or attacked or something, it's drawn just way more interestingly and way more dramatic than it is here. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like maybe, like, maybe the editors were like, hey, you got to really add some, like, maturity to this series, because there's, like, why are you in Shonen Jump if you're making material that's appropriate for, like, 10-year-olds? That's that's a possibility. I I definitely get that, because every time there's blood and gore, I'm just, like, it's shocking to me, because it's, it just takes me by total surprise. Or in the Mm one-shot. So the one-shot's kind of interesting. We haven't really talked about it that much yet. After uh, I finished reading it the first time, I found that there was a one-shot manga that kind of tested the waters for this. And it's better than anything in the main manga because it really feels like the one-shot is where I feel like the manga was headed. Mm-hmm. But the one-shot also, uh, the main bad guy is is a pedophile who leads the island. He's a pedophile crime boss who forces all the 16-year-old girls to marry him. Yeah. Which is just, like, it's so weird to see that with such a childishly drawn manga. Yeah. Like, it's almost a berserk plot. It's drawn like Pokemon. That's very true. Actually, it's drawn like Scott Pilgrim. And then that ties into, like, one of the weird things about the art style is it's very cartoony, but there, there's no, like, exaggeration to the art. So, like, you see all these big eyes, round faces, everyone kind of looks like really young like even characters in their 30s or 40s look like they're probably in their 20s or teens and you just don't see an exaggeration there's no stretching there's no cartoony physics so it's just weird it's like how last um episode was it man we said everyone seemed very stiff but they were drawn well this is got the same stiffness but it doesn't have the the actual high quality to the art that may have excused some of the stiffness there are moments where You see, once again, whenever you see, like, where this art was heading, Mm -hmm. like, there are a couple of the golems, uh, especially towards the end of the, uh, the end of the run, where you're like, okay, okay, if you had more designs like that, I can Mm kind of get by it. Like, the riddle golem, that, I liked that design. I could see, okay, there's more to this whole art style than general, but in the early chapters, all the golems are just very boringly drawn, they're very uh, simply proportioned and stuff like that. Can you go into some more detail about what the Riddle Golem is and what exactly they look like? So a Riddle Golem is what Noah is. It is a golem who can think for itself. And 
and can perform magic in the same way that a person can perform it. Mm-hmm. They call it golem arts here. Yeah. And so the riddle golem that they encounter is actually this very creepily uh, designed beast, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a humanoid, which has a... Uh, it's very hard to describe visually what this guy looks like in words, you know? Yeah. I will suffice to say, he looks like he looks like a guy with, like, these three things pointing out of his head, and he's got, like, um, kind of manacles around his, uh, his ankles and wrists. And then, one also thing is, all the characters seem to look really similar. Like, I thought there was going to be a plot reason that Noah and Ear look extremely similar, but I think it was just because of the art style. I do, too. Because they then, they show Lamech's uh, former wife, mm-hmm. who... They make a point of saying, no, he looks exactly like her. And so in that sense, it, it does feel like if the author felt that Iyer and Noah looked alike, he would have said so. Yeah. And then in terms of the last note I had for the art is that he really tries to cram everything into like one big panel to, I guess, be more efficient. But it makes it that just events that happen chronologically seem to look like they are happening simultaneously instead of happening one after another, just because it's all one big panel. Like, for instance, um, Noah is trying to break down a door after it doesn't work. One of the Arcanists is like, oh, I'll make a little golem that can crawl through it. But it looks like literally while he's trying to break down the door, the guy is like, ah, I will also just completely ignore what you're doing and do my own thing, which was not the intention of the writer. Yeah. Well, there's also um, some other issues with size comparisons. Yeah. Uh, Because the Riddle Golem, the whole time I'm reading the fight between the Riddle Golem, I'm under this impression that the Riddle Golem is about the size of a person. Mm -hmm. And then they have one shot where the Riddle Golem is easily, like, five times the size of Noah. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, this huge beast, and there are these way smaller people in front of him. And it just, I had no idea that the size comparison was that until that one panel. I didn't even realize that until you said that. Yeah, exactly. Because it just comes out of nowhere. (laughs) Shock, he's way bigger than you thought. Yeah, so moving on. I would say also just the Plon characters feel very flat. Like, he's made an interesting world, but he didn't really do anything with it. Like, everyone's personality or motivation is just paint by the numbers, like we've talked about with the characters. Noah just wants to do good. His rival is an asshole just because he can. And then there's also a lot of plot conveniences. Like, something that stuck out to me mm-hmm. is during the Arcanist trial, where they have to prove themselves, they are trying to find a magical artifact that was stolen. And so they go to the base, and they're like, ah, that's weird. No one's here. And when they go in, it turns out it was a trap. But here's the thing. The guy that runs the trap where he's attacking them with his golem still has the magic artifact on him. Why would you keep having the artifact? Why would you have (laughs) the artifact on you if you are running the trap? I would like to point out one more thing, which is, Uh do you remember what the name of the criminal organization was? Uh, I forget. Sodom. That's right. Yes. Now... Now, do you know? Do you remember what the name of the guy leading the exams was named? I do not. Lot. Jeez. Yeah, no, it's... I'm telling you, this is like... It's not subtle. It's not subtle. I mean, maybe it's subtle in Japan, where this stuff isn't quite as well known. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not subtle, but you can also Google names. That's true. For instance, also, the first major bad guy 
he's like kidnapping kids, which I guess maybe is part of an homage. But he like these are like legit like ten year olds, which maybe is like a reference to the original pilot. But they don't really say why he's kidnapping kids. It was just they wanted the bad guy to seem bad because he's doing something blatantly evil. Yeah, no, the he kidnaps kids because no one needs to chase him. Why would you need child slaves if you can just make golems? Yeah, I mean, if that guy went away without taking those kids, then Noah would have just been given the blame for it. The townspeople probably would have killed him. Um, what do you mean by that? When that was happening, everybody was blaming Noah for destroying that guy's property, when it was actually stolen by the bandit. Yeah, you, you mean the shipment, so just the... Uh... Yeah, to clarify. So an example of Noah, like, meaning well and then screwing up is he was trying to help these people, like, load a ship with cargo. And they were like, we don't need your help. And Noah was just like, ah, they're just too modest. I will come and break into their storehouse and do it myself at night, which he does. But then he leaves all the cargo unattended. And so some bandits just come and take everything because they just left it lying around. And so everyone really, really hates Noah and his father because of it. Yeah, and if the bandit hadn't kidnapped those kids, then Noah and Lamech would have been totally screwed. Yeah, exactly. Like, one thing that I had also noted is Noah keeps being rewarded for his mistakes. Like, how he has this convenient opportunity to save the day. Or how he comes up with this idea where only one person can return the artifact that they found to pass the test. But, you know, he really wants, you know, his friend Charles and uh, Erebus to also pass, so he breaks the artifact in three. And he still passes because they say, oh, well, actually, we can just fix it. Yeah. (laughs) So he never ever sees consequences for these terrible character traits he has. I don't know if they're terrible character traits. They're bad decisions he makes. Yeah. But I I don't know if I'd call them terrible traits. (laughs) Um, No, that part was just insane. Mm -hmm. The, The idea that, like... Oh, hey, if I just break this gemstone in three and give it to you guys, that'll satisfy the requirements. <laughs> yeah. If I just destroy what we're trying to get. The uh, the next thing on my list is just the art- author makes this weird choice of where once he starts studying and, like, passes his first test to become, like, an apprentice, they immediately skip forward four years. So you actually don't see his, like, him doing anything to really learn they're just like oh you barely know the fundamentals being like wow you're really good at this now like he's like pulling off like the most like highest level stuff which is a problem in itself i'll go into i think one of the issues with there is the author really wanted to get to the point of the uh where the one shot was and he wanted to speed that up yeah and he didn't want to spend any time on noah learning Mm -hmm. so he just zips right by yeah but that creates this problem where since we've skipped all of the sections of Noah having to learn things, it means now that they have to explain things to someone who is completely competent. Like, during the test, they are explaining things about how golem arts work that even they are like, it would make no sense for you not to know this if you are at the point you are taking this test. That's true, yeah. It's like, it's like imagine if someone was taking, like, on their medical boards, and the guy is like, ah, don't forget, the heart is an organ in the human body. <laughs> That's true. No, that's that's definitely a thing, especially because at that point, um, no, Noah is supposed to be kind of an expert. In yeah, shit. like he is now. Um, that, that to circling back to the power thing, there is terrible power scaling. 
So in like the first issue, they do a level five golem art, which for reference, they don't really explain what these levels mean, but they just say it's the best kind of golem art. So that means Noah already is capable of doing the most powerful techniques. So where does he go from there? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like if in Digimon, they did their ultimate form in like the first like five episodes. Right. I mean, you you got to handle that is you have to have somebody else show up and be like, you think that's think that's a big deal? Here's a level 10. Exactly. Or something, you know? Yeah, which the author probably was going to have to do. Yeah. Oh, man. We got to talk about the last chapter. Oh, yes. So there's two ways to go about ending something at chapter 15 in my mind. Either you do what Zipman did, where you just rush everything and you're like okay we gotta go we gotta go we get to, we gotta get to the last one we don't have time to do all this stuff what this does however it doesn't change any of the pacing up until the very last chapter it tries to give you a satisfactory ending to the entire story in one chapter half a chapter half a chapter yeah yeah so there is a there is the final battle <laughs> is in the same chapter as the last chapter for for no real reason to be honest and also they so they they have like a very satisfying fight against yeah. this riddle golem. This golem is like and again with the power scaling, he is insanely powerful. He's defeated people that are more powerful than the person his master. Like his master was rank ten, and this dude kills yeah. level rank seven and eight Arcanus. By master we mean Ire, not Lamech. Ire, yeah. So and then they introduce this like evil army that's been collecting riddle golems, which also was weird because they were like, ah, oh, you know, losing a riddle golem's not that bad. We have like 80 more of them. And I was like, what? That is a huge deal. Yeah, that's a problem. It's also the bad guy in question who's doing this is the Russian soldier from like the second chapter. Yeah. Who shows up to try and kidnap Noah and disappear all of a sudden yeah. out of nowhere. It's like, oh yeah, by the guy, by the way, this guy is now, is now the general of Russia or Chernozam as they call them. So he's now the general of Chernozam and he has to, all of a sudden he fuses with his golem and Noah essentially beats him off screen, more or less. The whole last chapter is like a mon- is like a montage. I think there's literally a moment where Noah, like it ends with Noah standing on a podium, and he's like, they're like, Noah's the best arcanist in the world, and he's like, I'm not the best arcanist in the world, my master is! Yeah. And then Lamech shows up out of nowhere. By the way, I do also want to mention that they have high scores and leaderboards to determine who's the best arcanist. There's literally... A scoreboard. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I it just it didn't really make a lot of sense. Well, did you get did you get a coding vibe from the Golem Arts? Because I did. What do you mean a coding? The way that they describe Golem Arts in a lot of way reminded me a lot of computer programming. Oh no, I didn't really think about that at all. Just the fact that these appliances we use every day, kind of like computers or something, and what do these uh, scholars do they go in and they fix up and repair the stuff Mm -hmm. um and even just the first thing that he has to do is stack coins and it's all about finding the center mass of the coin or whatever yeah and just the way that golems are very Mm single-minded and they will do a a task perfectly but you have to ascribe them that task specifically reminds me a lot of just how computer programs work Mm mm-hmm well, I didn't even think about that, but that that's definitely a really interesting perspective. Though, doesn't that tie into the original mythology of the Golem, where it did, like, exactly as it said? Yeah, it kind of does, but I feel like, especially with the whole leaderboards thing, mm-hmm. and with the way that it's used, I really got this strange... And maybe it's just because of the times that we're in today. Mm-hmm. Especially because um, 
they are writing things. Like, even if that was the original myth, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of gave me that vibe. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to discuss is that there's really no stakes to any of these fights. Like, everyone comes out of every fight completely unscathed, more or less. Like, they're like, oh, Charles, Charles was hurt, but now he's healing. But then nothing seems to imply that he has any sort of injury after that one-off mention. And the fact that our main character is more or less kind of indestructible yeah takes away like he literally like blows off his arm he takes like deep cuts and there's no consequences because anyone can heal him because he's a golem in the first issue a guy one of the guys is like i wouldn't have believed he was a golem but he literally just took his arm off to show me yeah it's ridiculous yeah but like that gore and stuff it really does just come out of nowhere because it just looks like a manga for babies yeah so for reference there's not really a lot of violence until the riddle golem and then you see some people like impaled into like a wall of giant spears and these are how you find out the rank seven eight arcanist dies you just see their corpses on this wall it's like if you were watching pokemon and then suddenly ash got stabbed through the chest (laughs) yeah more or less it's it's a real problem actually it's a real it's a riddle one might say Uh... is there anything else you want to talk about in this section I guess if you were to summarize why you thought it failed, what would you say? I would really say there were no stakes. The entire thing is just really immensely rushed, and it just doesn't play with this really interesting world. Because the fact that the world I can tell is really interesting, but I know so little about it, really says volumes about how poorly it was presented to us. Yeah. There's there's a lot of potential here, but it's just really not... It really feels like the author is still grasping on how to communicate the tone he wants. Yeah, exactly. It it feels like, again, it just feels like the early chapters of this are just so... They lack stakes, they lack gravitas, they lack... Um, they're just very lacking in terms of the tone that this manga could have. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are moments where it works. Yeah. Changing gears, I guess, what would you say are some of the things that you thought it did well? Uh, You're like, pass. No, I think... I actually like the characters in a lot of ways. I think that there is there are subtle things about them that kind of do separate them from other people. Like um, Lily Bell, who I keep coming back to because I think she's just so fucking funny. She just gets dragged along when she didn't even pass the exam. Yeah. Because they just need an extra person and she's just freaking the fuck out the whole time. <laughs> it's true. Like, why am I here? Why am I here? Why did they drag me in? And... There is, like, a warmth between Noah and Lamech that is just very heartwarming to see. Yeah, I had that same note where it's just, it's so nice to see, like, a really pure relationship in Shonen where, as we're talking about, the majority of the characters in Shonen don't even know who their father is. So to actually have a strong father figure with a really good relationship is just rare to see in these kind of comics. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a moment where Noah says, you know, I thought that that maybe my master had abandoned me. Mm-hmm. And then Lamech is just genuinely hurt that Noah could even think that. Like, I would never. Yeah. yeah it's very genuine. And it does pay dividends in the last chapter where he has his, like, shows off his father to the whole world. Yeah. Where, you know, if this had really lasted, like, 300 chapters, that would have just, you know, people probably would have cried. Yeah. I mean, I was tearing up a little bit. But I also think... Where this manga really came, really shown was in its its one-off chapter, the pilot. Mm-hmm. Because the pilot really felt like where this manga was headed. 
everything else is build up. It felt like everything else we read was him trying to get to the to where the one off uh, pilot was, and I think if it had gotten there, it would have just been way more interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I think again that really plays with just how strong the world would have been. Yeah, like the fact that he had done his research into Judaism. And he added this interesting flavor. And I think the golem system really could have been cool. You know, he just rushed in. He just didn't explain things yeah. as well. Like, this would have been a really fun su- setting to play Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. In. I feel like this manga kind of has the opposite problem that Zipman had. Yeah. The thing with Zipman was it was an idea that didn't really have a lot of legs to it. But it was being drawn very well. And it was being presented in a very... Uh, in a very efficient way. And this mm-hmm. is an idea that I feel like has a lot more legs, but just is not presented in a very interesting way. I feel like the series would have been really interesting if he had done the writing and not the drawing, because I think he just stretched himself too thin. Mm, that's a fair point. Maybe he should have teamed up with the Zipman guy. Because the Zipman guy really, really should not be in charge of the writing. Because, yeah, the Zipman guy can draw. The Zipman guy would have drawn this shit really cool, I think. Mm-hmm. The Zipman guy's art was able to have this feeling to it that everything was much bigger. Like there were, um, you had a sense of scale there. You had a sense mm-hmm. of placement there. Mm-hmm. All of these things could have helped this comic so much because you just don't have a great sense of placement in any of the panels. And then um, did you have anything else in terms of things that did well, or do you want to kind of use that as a segue to talk about what we would have changed? Hmm. Well, as much as I shit on the art, I do kind of like the art. Um, and there are some of the, some of the golem designs, especially towards the end, that riddle golem looks cool. Nyx looks cool. The riddle golem fight is probably one of the best parts, because that's, like, the only time it really, really felt like a shonen. Yeah. Which is a shame that it's, the series already probably been canceled by the time that fight really started. It is, yeah. If the series had started right there, um, Mm -hmm. I think it might not have been canceled because that fight is just so much better than everything that comes before it. For sure. Yeah. I I also thought that when he's taking the test and he has to stack coins, the Erebus actually comes in like a young Erebus because this is four years before the time skip. Mm-hmm. And he uses one of his golems and he stacks 50 coins really to just kind of flex on yeah. Noah. And so Noah, he only needs to stack 10, but he works his ass off. And at the end, he ends up stacking 51 coins. <laughs> which I thought was just kind of a cute little moment, which, to be honest, I think the writer is good with these cute little moments. He is. He really is. That's why we keep talking about Noah and Lamech's relationship. It's because the writer is good mm-hmm. at making you see those characters and just, you kind of love them. You just can't help it. It's very true. You know, it's not super easy to do that, so I do have to give him some props for it. Exactly. You ready to shift gears, Mike? Yeah, dude? I'm ready. Now to our favorite part is really discussing what we would have done to really salvage the yeah. series. And I think the first really big thing is absolutely, I would not have actually wanted that four-year time skip. I really would have wanted to see him play around in this world. Because really, it would have removed that problem of how everything needed to be explained to him, but it didn't make sense that things had to be explained mm-hmm. to him. And it lets him actually just live his life. Like, I really appreciate the series showed kind of golems in a non-combat setting. And so him learning, because he needs to master all of the different types of golem arts, which they discuss that there's like seven different types. There's like healing, there's music, construction, and obviously fighting is the most important for the series. But 
as a golem arcanist, he still needs to learn these forms, which really would have given an opportunity to be in the world and understand how golems are interacting with, you know, the non-arcanist people. Yeah, I think I would have taken the opposite route, like in a similar way. That because when you're looking at what this are of this author wanted to do, he wanted to do the one shot, as I, as I keep bringing up. Mm-hmm. I think what I would have done here is I wouldn't have even bothered with the first chapter. Like, so One Piece has a similar start. But One Piece just does it for one chapter, and then for the rest of the time, you're with Luffy as he's, like, trying to make a name for himself. I think I would have done something similar, although I might not have even included the first chapter. I think I would have just kind of had that stuff be revealed through flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Because the way the first chapter is, first chapter is he's just going around the world and just kind of running into new towns and seeing their situations. It's... It is honestly structured like Berserk. Do you want to go into more about what you mean by that? Well, Berserk, at least initially, it follows Guts going into different towns and just fighting the demon that they have there. Mm-hmm. At least at first. Oh, that's, you know, that's really true. I mean, I guess, of course, One Piece is the most obvious comparison. <laughs> I think um, something else I would have liked to have done with the series is really focus on the fact that Noah is kind of like this atypical figure. That even as he himself is a riddle golem, the fact that he looks and acts like a human is unique to only him. Yeah. And I think the fact that everyone is just so accepting of Noah is weird. And that we don't really know anything about kind of the non-riddle golems. Like, it would have been cool if he was the branch between the world. Where he was the one who really was like, guys, you know, just because they don't outwardly, you know communicate that doesn't mean golems don't have their own thoughts and feelings and it really could have been that maybe he brings this huge revolution to the rules of the world by really bringing to light just having everyone rethink the relationship with these golems very good point because i was gonna say because every the golems always seem to be really happy with what they do and there's absolutely no reason to think that the cooking golem doesn't love his life every single moment of his day but that would have been an interesting notion to have been challenged by Noah's existence. Well, it's more than that because they outright say golems have no will, they have no feelings and stuff. So it's not even just, oh, he's happy, it's, oh, he feels nothing. So it would have been interesting, I actually totally agree with you there, it would have been interesting if Noah, at least at first, it didn't even wouldn't even have to be like, hey, he doesn't like that or whatever. It could just be him going, oh, this golem enjoys something, just to show that like this golem has thoughts and feelings and opinions. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, to kind of humanize them a little more, such as Noah is. Yeah. I think also that really could have added to this whole human-golem bond, where the other characters seem to be particularly emotionally attached to their golem, because usually for the most part everyone has one golem. And so uh, I don't want to say like kind of copy Digimon, but I think Digimon really set a good standard of this one-person-one-monster, where you really get them to be their own characters. Well, hey, you know what the exception to that is? What? Uh, the character that shows up in the one-shot pilot. That's true. Who cares deeply for her golem. I'm just saying. God. So are you just going to say, like, overall, just scrap this series and just start it from the pilot? I mean, I don't know if... I mean, that wouldn't have solved all the problems with it, but it would have been... I think it would have been better. Mm-hmm. Or at least, I think it would have been more successful. Definitely. Yeah. That makes sense. It, yeah, it, it, it just... You can really tell that when he started this, the author felt like he would have more time. Yeah. 15 chapters is short, even by Shonen Jump standards. Yeah. So it's it's really crazy just how quickly they knew this was not meant to be. I really do think the biggest issue with this is just that there's nothing to grab you in those first few chapters. Exactly. That is its biggest problem. 
like by the time it got better it was just too late mm-hmm. which makes sense yeah okay is there anything else you'd like to add to the what could have happened um not really because this manga could have been so much better than it was yeah and that's my biggest issue just i would have just at the end of the day i just would have liked it to have lived up to its potential in the way that it was supposed to and it like it's just frustrating to read that intro chapter or that pilot and just realize wait the author did have a much more interesting idea yeah and i think also one thing is i wonder if the author was afraid that people would say it's too similar to fullmetal alchemist because if you read the mm. description on paper it does sound like it could have been a fullmetal alchemist ripoff which it totally isn't but the fact that it's like oh there are people who have these magical abilities to and the entire society is aided by it and they work for you know this morally gray military well, what's kind of interesting is that when I was first reading it, I didn't know that Lamech was going to get taken out. I was, I thought this was going to be a weird ripoff of Zatch Bell. I, I, I thought about Zatch Bell a lot too, and I think actually that's the art style it most reminds me of. You're right. No, you're totally right. This is a very Zatch Bell art style. Mm-hmm. Does Zatch Bell get gory in the unedited version? I honestly have no idea. Uh, I don't know if Zatch Bell in English is good. I watched it. I don't know if it was good. It was not. It was. I know it wasn't great. I just remember there was like a guy who like sang about how much he loved boobs and they had to change that a lot. Well, they had to change a lot because it's one of those things where you hear it and you just know that that's not what it was in Japan. Like, uh, yeah. in Zatchbell, what always would happen was the, uh, the doll kids would disappear and they'd be like, I'm just going back to my world. And I'm just like, I bet in Japan you died. Uh, actually, no. In Zatchbell, that is what happens. They go back to the demon world. Oh my god! And actually, the final the final battle of Zatchbell was actually pretty cool. I read up on it because yeah. I was thinking about it. And uh, Zatchbell spoilers for the two people listening to this podcast that may actually care. Oh no, not Zatchbell. So in Zatchbell, it's about it's like a battle manga where people have partners, which are like these demons that are doing like a battle royale to determine like the king demon they look like cute little doll kids and it's weird we can dive into that another day so you get like a book of spells and those are your attacks but at the end his book gets upgraded to the gold book and it actually lets him use any spell by any any of his allies so all the friends he's made during the battle royale he can use which was really cool so that's the final battle oh that's cool yeah that is a very digimon-esque way of doing it because uh there are I feel like there are quite a few Digimon series that end with one of the guys just being a fusion of all of them. Yeah, pretty much. I know that's how season four ends. Digimon Tamers, though, best best Digimon season. No doubt about it. Digimon Tamers is Evangelion for kids. It really is. It's super dark. Yeah, definitely if you haven't watched Digimon Tamers, it holds up. I think it's all on Hulu now. And then um, in terms of my last like miscellaneous thought, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Gurren Lagon reference the series had. I missed it. Tell me. There's a guy riding Lagon. Oh my fucking God. That's Lagon. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll post a picture of it in the description. But yeah, much like Optimus Prime, I guess that's that's the that's the reference for this manga. See, that's a lot more acceptable, though. <laughs> yeah, that was still ridiculous. Because that's a legit. <laughs> now, if they showed that guy again. Yeah. Like a bunch of times. And then just he did nothing? That might be an issue. God, that Optimus Prime, really, that was the standout moment of Zip Man, was they just randomly had Optimus Prime show up for no reason as a bad guy. They didn't need to do that! Yeah, but 
if you want to learn more, just make sure you listen to episode one, The Zip Man, where we go into this Optimus Prime blue balls, as Jordan has put it. I did put it that way. Do you have any other little catch-up thoughts before we give our final verdict? I think I'm good. How would you describe your thoughts on Golem Hearts in six words or less? Well, like last time, I feel as if I'm going to fail this. <laughs> you knew it was coming this time. I knew it was coming, but you know what, David? I just I just go with my own way, all right? Um, at the end of the day... I feel like Golem Hearts is a manga that it never got to the place that it wanted to be. Well said. And then mine would be interesting setting, uninteresting everything else, Lachayim. That's pretty good. Okay, so Jordan, would you consider Golem Hearts a flop or not? It's a, it's a little more, it's more complicated with this than it was Zipman, but I will say it's a flop with the caveat Mm-hmm. that if it had went on further, it might have turned into something cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think the series had a ton more potential yeah. than Zipman, but ultimately, in its current form, it was a flop. Yeah, as it is right now, absolutely. Jordan, so finally, how would you say this compares to Zipman, the best manga we've read so far in this series? I would say it's better than Zipman. I think that the art of Zipman is better, but pretty much everything else here is more interesting. You know what? I, I'll give you that. I'm going to say that officially Golem Hearts is the best manga we've read out of both episodes. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You'll have to turn in for our next episode to find out if Golem Hearts keeps the crown. Mm, this is going to be a difficult competition. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode on Golem Hearts. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and view our website, shonenflop.libsyn.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Spotify. We also want to give a shout out to friend of the show, Tori, who created a mermaid zine for Pride this year. All proceeds this month will go to Black Lives Matter or bail fund organizations. Find a link to our work in the description below. And I also uh, want to give a shout out to a really awesome podcast, The Weekly Cooldown. Hello, hello, hello. My name's Najee. Most people know me as Kami Jace, and I host The Weekly Cooldown. It's a podcast where we get to know the gaming news of the week, and we get to know our guest. Every week is a different streamer, cosplayer, game developer, podcaster, and overall giant nerd. We sit down, we discuss the big stories, the small stories, and everything else in between. If you want to keep up to date on the news and want to have a fun time doing so, listen to The Weekly Cooldown on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast. I did a painting of Bernie Sanders that is currently being shown on a virtual exhibition on the Hotbed Philly site. That is H-O-T-B-E-D-P-H-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can see my cool piece. Check it out. And also, Black Lives Matter. Support the protests. Black Lives Matter. The world is ending. Go out. Make sure you're protesting. At the very least, make a donation or help keep the conversation going with your friends about how important this topic is. Absolutely. And if you go to blacklivesmatter.com, you can find a lot of ways to help. You can find places to donate to. They just need help in pretty much every avenue. Any way you can help would be great. Mm-hmm. This is a very frustrating and upsetting problem that we're dealing with right now. It's very heartening to see the many different people coming together for this cause. For sure. So this has been David. And this has been Jordan. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers.